Well, guys, welcome to the merge. This is exciting. I'm sorry we're not going camping. How many of you guys would have gone camping with us if we were? Okay, maybe we need to cancel the cancellation. <laughs> so, um, you know what? I know you guys would have gone camping, but it's no fun camping in the mud. So we're we're gonna do it later on. We'll figure out something else. And uh, and also what Matt just mentioned about glow in the dark, guys. Glow in the dark is the time of the year. Even though I'm not big on Halloween. It's the time of the year that most people who don't know Jesus come to Grace Community Church. Well, a thousand people there that night. And we need 32 people from the Cornerstone. I'm supposed to recruit 32 people from our part of what we're doing um, to, to make that happen. So it's not like we're going to celebrate Halloween. What we're doing is we're celebrating Jesus by inviting all these people who come to this thing that we do to know Jesus. Okay? So it's just one more way for us to serve the city. Okay, guys. W- I want you to uh, meet some new people. we got a bunch of new people tonight. And your job, if you're not new, is to make them feel like you want them to stay here and get their numbers and invite them to be a part of this thing that God's doing at the Cornerstone, okay? Because some of them will only be here tonight. So if you don't get to know them, chance will be up. Okay. So first of all, we got Hannah right here. Hannah right here. Hey, Hannah. That's Hannah. Some of you, some of you aren't even looking. Don't you want, is this your chance to see Hannah? You guys are still looking at your phones. Okay. Asinel is right next to her. Okay, did you, did you get her name? It's Azanel, okay? She's not going to say it again. Rochelle is right here. And right next to Rochelle is Julie. This is Julie. They came all the way from the faraway land of Tyler, Texas. International students. Oh, almost. Okay, and then we got... Okay, I'm going to get it right. Harprasath. Is that right? Harprasath. Good to see you. Welcome. Welcome. Tamil Nad? Are you from Tamil? Tamil Nad? How did I know? I'm getting good at it. Okay. You look like the perfect Tamil Nad face. That's why. Okay. Don't you think you're right, guys? Okay. Thank you. See, they all think so. Okay. Then we got Julia. Where's Julia? Julia, Julia. Right here. Hey, Julia. And right next to Julia is Matthew. And then, and then we've got Elizabeth. It's not Elizabeth. It's Elizabeth. Okay, where is it? Where's Elizabeth? Hey, Elizabeth. Glad you're here. And last but no way least is Aubrey. Where's Aubrey? Aubrey, right there. Wow. Okay. If any of you. Without looking at the li- at the live feed, if any of you can remember all their names, and you're then you get um, that Josie's going to give you a five dollar Starbucks card. She said yes. Thank you. Okay, guys. I don't know what they told you you were coming to, but you came to Bible study tonight. We are worshiping Jesus by singing to Him, by praying to Him, and by studying the Bible because there's lots that He wants to share with us tonight through His Word. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to stand up, and you're going to be invited to speak to the God of the universe, asking Him to speak to you. Because if you don't want Him to speak to you, He's not going to force Himself. Doesn't matter how good I explain Him. So let's stand up, and we're going to ask Him to open our hearts right now. Father, would you speak to us right now in a way that we can understand? Holy Spirit, would you open our eyes and our hearts and our minds to comprehend you? And would you change our lives because we've been here tonight? In Jesus' name, amen. 
Amen. Guys, this is what we're doing. We're studying through the book of Acts, and I just want to remind you kind of what the timeline is. If you need a Bible, Mr. Matt has a Bible for you right there. He'll let you borrow one tonight. If you need to buy one, I'll buy it for you as long as you read it every day. So you can let me know. But he's got a Bible that you can borrow. The timeline in the book of Acts, we're in Acts chapter 2. If you guys remember what happened, Jesus rides into Jerusalem on a donkey on what, what, not Halloween, on, on, in Holy Week, yes, on, on what we call Palm Sunday, right? And he, he rides into Jerusalem. They hail him as king, but five days later, they do what, Tim? I know, I'm, I'm trying to see if you guys are with me. Five days after Jesus rides into Jerusalem on a donkey, fulfilling the, the prophecy in Zechariah, they crucify him. Three days later, or on the third day, he he's risen from the dead, and then he spends how many days with his disciples before stepping off this planet? Forty days, and ten days later, in fulfillment of the prophecies of the Old Testament, and what Jesus had promised, the Holy Spirit comes in power on these people. They speak in other languages. The city of Jerusalem is freaked out, and Peter jumps up, and he, sp and he explains what they just saw. So that's what we've been studying. Now, what happened at the end of Peter's message is he tells them how they, too, can receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And the way that they receive the Holy Spirit, he tells these people, these thousands of people that are listening to him, is by repenting and being baptized in the name of Jesus. And 3,000 people get baptized that at that time. They turn to Jesus. So how many people had been a part of this thing that Jesus had raised up? How many people were part of that, that committed community before those 3,000? 120 people. 120 people. And in one day, the community of the Christians goes from 120 people who are committed to Jesus to 3,000 people who are committed to Jesus. And how do they show their, their commitment? They get baptized. How do they show their commitment? They get baptized. How do you show your commitment? That's one, that first step. Now, that's the only thing. You obey Jesus. But, guys, if you're, if you're saying that you're following Jesus, you're a part of this thing, and you haven't been baptized, what is going on? I mean, when you get married, are you going to wear your wedding ring or not? <laughs> Show the world that you want to follow Jesus and get baptized and stop being slow to obey what he's called you to do. Okay, here's what I want you guys to think about. How many people are here in this community? Not everybody's here tonight because not everybody can fit in this room, so I know you guys take turns. But how many people are generally a part of this committed, this committed group of people at the Cornerstone? It's about 120. It's about 120. Wow, what a coincidence. About the same number of people that are part of this. I mean, we got, we got hundreds and hundreds of people that come through this building all week long. But as far as who's a part of the core, who's, part of, who's committed to what Jesus is doing on this planet, there's about 120 people. Is it possible, do you think that it's possible that the Holy Spirit could do something among this 120 people that would result in 3,000 people at UTA coming to know Jesus? Guys, I don't just want you to believe that that could happen. I'm ex I want you to expect that that it is going to happen, and I'm expecting that you guys are being trained. That's what we're doing here. We're training you to be a part of the harvest that God wants to do at UTA campus. So look forward to it. Expect it. And if that happened, how would we handle it? 120 people all of a sudden, like, overloaded with 3,000 people that are like, okay, can you guys teach us how to follow Jesus? Think about it. Think about what we would do. What's our plan for that? If you're not planning for that, then what are you doing? We're planning for this. We're trying to figure out what we're going to do to bring the, 
these people on campus to Jesus and what we're going to do when they do come. Because they're coming. They're coming to our coffee shop. You guys just got to snag them and teach them about Jesus. So I, wanna, I want you guys to see here in Luke 2, I'm sorry, Acts 2, what the disciples did, this group of 120 people who were following Jesus, what they did when these 3,000 people joined their ranks. I mean, talk about awkward. You know, it's like, you ever had like more people move into your house than you got two or three people living in your house and all of a sudden the cousins come? Whoops, I just lost power. Can you guys hear me? Okay. Is, is the whole thing? Uh, okay, there we go. Okay. So um, Acts 2, 42. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and the breaking of bread and to prayer. Just Let me just uh, read those couple um, words again. They devoted themselves. And I'm going to ask you guys here in a little bit what you guys are devoting yourselves to. If there was a, a story written by Dr. Luke about the acts of the people at the Cornerstone at UTA campus, what would he say that the people at the Cornerstone had devoted themselves to? Okay, so just think about that. Everyone was, verse 43, everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Sounds like Ohana House. <laughs> Selling their possessions and goods, they gave to everyone as he had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Okay, does this sound exciting or what? I mean, big things are happening. Have you guys ever been in a movement of God where he's doing stuff and it's like you're so excited about what he's doing and everybody's so excited about what he's doing that you're like, what's he going to do tomorrow? I just want you guys to see uh, like 10 seconds of this video of a, of a meeting in Lagos in Nigeria. Can you play that for me? Um, where God is moving. And I just want you to, to look at these people and see what the expectation is of what God's going to do. Okay. I wonder if we get sound. Okay, that, that's enough. Guys, what well, don't you, I mean, don't you wish we would have gone? <laughs> Let's go. I mean, I don't know what the Lord did there, but I expect that the people there were expecting God to do a lot. And when people expect that God's going to do a lot, he often does a lot. And so many times the reason that he doesn't do what, what we read about is because we aren't really expecting it. Or maybe you got one or two people expecting it. But God works when, when people are united expecting him to do great things. Guys, what Jesus is doing here and what we just read in Acts 2.42 is the church. Notice they don't have a building. They don't got a worship team. They don't even got a microphone. They got a church of 3,120 people or so. And God is doing great things. This is normal church life. Here's what I want you guys to think about. When you, think, when you, when you guys think about church. Or when the world teach, talk, thinks about church, what do they think of? And as I was, I was kind of planning this out today, I thought, why don't I just ask him? So I, got, I grabbed Everett, and he started videoing me as I asked people, and then I got, ran out of space in my phone, so I didn't get a lot of it. But sh why don't you show what we did get? 
a lip sync. I'm saying, what do you guys think church is all about? <laughs> and she's saying, Okay, guys. Some of those guys have never been to church. They're drinking our coffee. Is that cool or what? You know what? They've been to church. They walked into this building. They walked into this building. The question is, did anybody tell them about Jesus? And I, here's the deal. I talked to a girl today who she said, I'm not coming to the meeting tonight. But she's here all the time. She says, I've got my own religion. I said, oh, tell me what your religion is. And she said, well, it's kind of my own religion. I only tell people who are my BFFs. I guess I, I said, I guess I'm not your BFF. But you don't have to feel pressured to tell me. I said, I said, here's what I want you to know. You're welcome here, and you never have to feel like you've got to believe what I believe. But if you ever want to know, I'd love to share with you. Now, she's been here a long time. She says, well, I'm bisexual, and, you know, I've got I, – I was forced to try to believe in Christianity when I was younger, and I'm just not interested. But she likes this place. You know why she likes this place? It's not just because she drinks coffee all day. She likes this place because the, the aroma of Jesus is here. Yeah. And so that I thought on her chin, sir. But what I want you guys to get is what's happening here in – the book of Acts is church. It's normal church. If church doesn't look like what's happening in the book of Acts, it's abnormal church. And so we want to get as close to that as possible. And when Jesus was stepping off this planet, what did he have in mind that his church would be like? So I want you guys to look at, we're going to look at three other scriptures where, where we learn what he intends for his church to be like. Okay, so we're going we're gonna to run through this quick. Ephesians 1.9. So if you throw Ephesians 1.9 up there, that'll help some people. But you guys look at it in your Bible if you want. And this is what it says. And he, Paul's writing, okay? Paul's writing a letter to the, the Christians in Ephesus. And he says, and he, speaking of God, of the Holy Spirit, he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ to be put into effect when the, t when the times will have reached their fulfillment. In other words, there's this plan that at the end of time, that what is, what's the plan? That all things, to bring all things in heaven and in earth under one head, that is Christ. That's the plan. That's the big picture plan. You guys don't want to know why, you're, why we're doing this thing tonight. It's not because we didn't have anything else to do. We could have done a lot of other things. You know what, why we're doing this tonight? Because we are, we're, we're making progress and coming to the point when Jesus gets what he paid for with his blood, when he is the head over everything in heaven and earth, spiritual and physical. That's what we're headed for. So how does, how does Jesus intend for us to do that? Not by just sitting in meetings listening to Steve. That's not the, that is a part of it. 
but Jesus had a plan for how this worked. So I want you guys to see. We've talked about this before. If you've been in leadership training, there's five purposes of the church that we're going to run through real, qu real quick. And those of you, who's taking leadership training, by the way? Okay, a bunch of you guys have. Okay, so we're this is a little bit of a repeat for you guys. But five purposes of the church that, that, we're, that we're trying to implement here at the Cornerstone. Two from the Great Commandment. You guys take notes on this stuff because you've got to remember this stuff. You're not going to remember unless you write it down. Buy yourself a notebook or I'll buy you one if you don't have it. But bring your pen and your, your pencil. Write this down. I'm serious, guys. If you, if you don't have your notebook, get your pens out, your, your phones out, and take, take notes. Don't look at me blankly. You guys are looking at me like I'm crazy. Okay. Two, two goals from the Great Commandment, three goals from the Great Commission, okay? Two goals from the Great Commandment. What's the Great Commandment, guys? Somebody, some guy comes to Jesus and says, hey, can you tell me what the, what the greatest commandment is? And Jesus responds by saying, Love the God, love your God with all your heart and soul, mind, and body. The first one is loving God, right? Okay, what's the churchy word that we use for loving God? Every, anything that you do out of love for God is called worship. worship. Thank you. Okay, worship. Okay. And the second command is just is almost like it, and that is love your neighbor as yourself. Okay, love your neighbor as yourself. Loving God is is worship. Loving your neighbor as yourself. Anything you do out of loving loving the people across the street and all the stuff that we're doing in, in an effort to love them is called ministry. <laughs> but <laughs> ministry. I uh, we could call it fellowship, but it's called ministry. Okay, those are two from the from what do we call that? Those verses, the great. Okay. Two. I said two, we're talking about five goals here. Two from the great commandment, and three from the great commission. The great commission is found in Matthew twenty-eight, verse nineteen. Okay, Matthew twenty-eight, verse nineteen. This is what it says. Does anybody got it memorized? You got it. Okay. Okay. Go to. Go into all the world, make disciples of all nations. What is what is what is the churchy word that we use for going and making disciples of every all people? Evangelism. evangelism. Thank you, evangelism. Okay, I can't write very well, but there we go. We'll do it. Okay, evangelism. Okay, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now, this this here, this is a little bit tricky. When you baptize, when, what, what does Jesus want you to do about baptizing people? What does he, what does he say in, in Matthew 28? Baptizing them in what? Baptizing them in the name of God. Okay, so how do you baptize people in the name of God? Now, we do put them underwater. That's, a, that's symbolic. But what does it mean to baptize people in the name of God? What? What does baptizing mean? It means soaking, right? It means saturating. It means submerging. How do you submerge people in the, in the name or the identity of God? Yeah, Holy Ghost. Name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. How do, you sub how do we, people at the Cornerstone, sub submerge people in the name? We're getting to discipleship. Guys, how I want you people at the Cornerstone to be soaked in the identity of God. How do we do that? We pull you into community. Guys, we're soaking you here in the, in the identity of God by soaking you in this community, okay? Now, that's, I, I said that was a little bit of a stretch, but fellowship. Now the goal that we have in, in what Jesus had in mind is pulling people into fellowship, okay? We got worship. We got ministry. We got evangelism. We got fellowship. And then what's the last part of that? Teaching them to obey what? Everything. That I commanded you. Teaching people to obey Jesus is called discipleship. 
Okay? Discipleship. Discipleship. Okay? Not teaching them to obey what they want to obey. Teaching them to obey everything, okay? So, guys, th this is – we, we spent a whole session on this in leadership training. But I just want to run through this to remind you guys of what we're trying to do. What we're trying to do here at the Cornerstone is we want to worship God. We want to minister to people. We want to tell the people of the world. We want to let Jesus' identity be made known through this community of people, his body, okay? And we want to teach people how to do that, okay? This is our five goals. Guess what we're doing? Everything that we're doing lines up with one of these things because the overarching goal is to ultimately make him, to give him what he deserves as king over everything, okay? You guys understand? This is a crash course in, in leadership training that we did. You guys still with me? You guys still awake? Okay. Now, back to, to Acts. What I want you guys to see in Acts 2 well, we're going to read through Acts 2, that, that section again, and what we're going to look for is we're going to see if any of these things are in there, okay? Because what, what happened, what just happened was th this group of 120 people exploded into a group of 3,000 people. And, th and that we read these five or six verses, which is a description of what that church did, what that community of people did. I want you guys to see, did that community of people do what Jesus expected them to do? You guys with me? Okay, that's what we're trying to figure out. So, back in verse 42, we've already read this once, but look at this. They devoted themselves, these people, this 3,120 people or so, devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Does that fit into any of this stuff? What? Discipleship. Wow! They're doing discipleship. Cool deal. How do they know to do that? Because Jesus told them to do that. Okay, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, that's discipleship, and to fellowship. What's that? Oh, you guys are brilliant. Fellowship. So we got discipleship, we got fellowship. To the breaking of bread. Now this is a little bit harder. What is, what, guys, this, you know, we think of breaking of bread as like you go to, you go to the communion table, you br break the crackers and um, get the cup, and then you go back and it's like, now I broke my bread, right? But what, what is, what, when the Bible talks about breaking bread, what's it talking about? It's called, it's part of it. What, what is it? They said, yeah, it's, it's fellowship. But it's past fellowship. It's, well, it's part of worship. <laughs> Guys, it's, it's a ministry. Guys, they got 3,120 people who just got saved, and they got to eat. You know what they're doing? They're having this communal meal. It's like what we do on Fridays. Who's been to Friday lunch? <laughs> you guys got to come to Friday lunch, man. Sinanchu and, and Sam work hard to get those, that grill going. And, and Emmanuel is on the grill, and Ashish, man, I'm a bunch. If you guys serve at... On Fridays, please raise your hand because I'm going to get myself in trouble for not acknowledging you. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Guys, come to, come. guys, this is what the church in Jerusalem is doing. Maybe not, might not be hamburgers off the grill that Ashish and Emmanuel made, but they're serving people. It's a communal me meal. This is ministry. You guys see that? I got one yes. Man, you guys are hard to teach tonight. Okay. Okay. They devoted themselves to they devoted themselves to apostle teaching. They devoted themselves to fellowship. They devoted themselves to the breaking of bread, and they devoted themselves to prayer. prayer. Thank you, prayer. So, th does prayer fit in any of this? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Worship. I mean, we're, you know, prayer is not just coming to God with a bunch of lists of things that you wish that God would do. It's coming to God with an open heart, saying, God, what do you want me to do? Right? Do you guys just catch me? Do you understand what prayer is? Okay, it's God. It's communion with God. Okay, 
What I want you guys to see now is that, so they got these things. Okay? Now, did you notice how she's wearing granny over here? Did you notice that? In that, in that, those first, that first part, okay? So we got worship, we got ministry, we got fellowship, we got discipleship. When the church, 3,120 or so people did this, I want you guys to see what the results were. You know why I want you to see what the results were? Because I want you guys to expect that we're going to see the same results here at the Cornerstone and at UTA if we know those things. Okay, so let's see what the results are. Verse 43. Okay. I want you guys to see nine results. Verse 43. Everyone was filled with awe. Is that a result of what they were doing? Absolutely. What do you what, what do you call that? That's that's worship. Here's what I want you guys to get. When you guys worship and you do all this other stuff, guess what happens? More worship happens. Think about it. This is these people are filled with awe, this extreme reverence as to who God is and what God's going to do. Guys, we we got to learn this. We learn it. We worship God. You know what happens? We have an extreme awe of his reverence. Guys, there is no flippancy in how we treat God. And sometimes I hear people like making jokes. Guys, no no joking about the king of the universe. This is a king. The king. Okay. Verse 43, everyone's filled with awe, and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. So what's the result? Another result here. Wonders and miraculous signs. Now here, here's what I want you guys to get. These wonders and miraculous signs followed this stuff. Rather than the believers going out and following the wonders and miraculous signs, which so often happens. Guys, the wonders and the miraculous signs don't go out, don't happen when we're going out trying to find the wonders and miraculous signs. That's not our goal. You guys understand this. Our goal is worshiping him, ministering to people, telling people, being in fellowship, learning from him. And you know what happens? when wonders and miraculous signs happen. If you've been in community where wonders and miraculous signs happen, it's because the people weren't seeking those things as much as they were seeking God. Okay? Okay? Something else that happened. Verse 44. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Here's what you guys can write down here. The result was unity and community. The world is always talking. What well, back in the 80s, you guys weren't old into this, but you know, all this, we are the world. You guys know the song? Who can sing it better than me? Jeff, you can sing it. Okay. I know Jeff can sing it. Next, next open mic night, man, you're on. <laughs> Who heard him do the hippie to the hippie to the hippie? Oh, he did a great job. Okay. Okay. Sorry for, sorry, Baxter. Okay. Verse 45. Another result that I want you guys to see is. Verse 45, selling their possessions and goods they gave to everyone as he had need. Okay, here's the fourth result that happens when the church of Jesus does these things is there is sacrifice and generosity that happens. And once again, if you try to get people to be sacrificial and generous and they're not doing this, they just get irritated. And if you're at, if you're at the churches that are doing all this, they don't have to have sermons about tithing. Have you guys noticed? People are just, I mean, you get people worshiping and doing ministry and you know, all this stuff. They give of their lives. And their goal is to give more. And everything that they're working for is so that they can give more. That's the goal, guys. The person who gives the most away before they die is the winner. Not the person who collects the most. It's more blessed to give than to receive. Okay. Another result. Verse 46. Every day they continue to meet together in the temple court. You have a church that starts doing this? Guess what people do? Not only are they doing fellowship. 
Bailey and Temple Court. What's hap- what's the difference between the 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 fellowship that already mentioned and what's happening in Temple Court? They show up for the meeting. They're in the Temple Court because there's worship, communal worship happening. Guys, that's a result of this story. Okay, what's what else? Another result. They broke the second part of verse 46. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. You know what this is called? Starts with an H. Hospitality. Hospitality. You guys know, you guys know what hospitality is? It's hard to know in America. I mean, I, seriously. You go to India with, with Sudanshu, every you go you got Andhra Pradesh, everywhere you go, it's like, hey, come on in, we'll get a we ate so much food from people we've never seen before. Okay. The way that we ch- the way that we do this is the way that hospitality happens is we worship, we minister, we do all this, and hospitality happens. That means you share your food, you share your time, you share your room. That's what Jesus intends. But if you just make people do that without them doing this, it's not gonna work. So that's a result. Okay. Look at look at verse forty seven. Verse forty seven. You see that? It says they what were they doing? They're praising God. Here's what I want you guys to write down. The result was a change of attitudes. These people have been, who've been whining about stuff, about the Roman government, whining about the temple system, you know what they do? They're like, praise God because I know him. And so, yeah, maybe maybe the, the world isn't perfect, but I know him. Praise God. Guys, this, this is what happens when we do church the way that God commands. People praise God. You got whining in your houses? Well, no wonder. Bring it back to this. Okay. Another result, second part of verse 47, and enjoying the favor of all the people. You know what the result is of a church that does this stuff? They got lots of publicity without even trying. You see what it says? Enjoying the favor of all the people. You guys you guys understand what I'm saying? I mean, we, you know, they didn't have to put up the posters. They didn't have to put ads on the radio. They didn't have to send out. I mean, they just, what they did is they did this stuff in the and the crowds came running, and they said, those are cool people. We like what's going on here. And the result of all that, guys, the result of all that in the end of verse 47 is, and the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. That's evangelism. But I want you guys to see that the evangelism that happens and these people who come to the Lord daily is the result of this other stuff. Guys, you know, so I've been accused of not being evangelistic. And if you hang out with me, you know I'm super evangelistic. It's just that I don't think that asking the girl the first time that you meet her if she wants to marry you is the wisest thing. <laughs> Do you guys understand what I'm saying? I mean, show the, a little love first. Guys, let, let's pray for the people. Let's pray for people. Let's worship God. Let's do all this stuff. Guys, we, we are wooing their hearts to Jesus. Do we want them to know Jesus? Absolutely. We've been working in Japan for 26 years now. We've had about 10 people come to the Lord, but there is a, there are about 200 on deck ready to come to him. We're going to see the outpouring of God's spirit there, but if you try to force it, it's not going to happen. So this, this is Jesus' style reaching out. These things, this evangelism, these people who are added to their number every day, it's a byproduct of them doing all this other stuff. So I'm not trying to get you guys to go out and hand out a bunch of tracks. Go ahead and hand out the tracks. Hand out the tracks if you're doing this stuff. But if all you're doing is handing out tracks, you're just making people mad. 
You're just like a guy that won't stop asking girls out on a date without getting her own first. You, you guys know what I'm saying, right? Okay. Girls, doesn't that irritate you? Okay. We had one success. Kim's son and Elizabeth stood over there as we asked her to marry him the first time they talked. And they got married and they got two kids now. So that, that worked out, but it usually doesn't work that way. Okay. Now look again. Guys, back, back to um, verse 42. Here's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about these things. These things that the, that the people, that the church of this, uh, that was just getting started, what they were doing, I want to talk about that, about implementing that here at the Point of Faith. How are we going to do that? How are we going to do that? They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. You guys see that in verse 42? You still with me? Okay. So how do we do that at the Cornerstone? First of all, the question is, do you want to do that? I, got, I knew Matthew would say yes. Guys, I want, you, I want you to ask yourself, do I really want this stuff? Do I really want to worship God? Do I really want to do ministry? Do I really want to see the world come to Jesus? Do I really want to ex experience real fellowship, not just a, an occasional high five? Do I really want to grow? Guys, if you don't want it, it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. And I don't want anybody pretending. I mean, I'd ra I, I appreciate the girl that was upstairs today who said, I don't want to come because I'm not interested in Christianity, but I like your place. I'd like to thank you for being honest because we're not asking you to pretend anything. Don't pretend to want this stuff if you don't want it. But then why'd you come tonight? You need to think about that. What are you coming here for? What are you trying to do? Okay, so let's just apply these, these four things that it says about this early church. Let's apply it to the cornerstone. So first of all, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. I want you guys to think about what that would mean for the people at the cornerstone. What's the equivalent of us at the cornerstone devoting ourselves to the apostles' teaching? What would that look like? I think I th here's what I think it would do. Is I think that it would mean that, that it would mean that every person who's in this room tonight, every person who considers themselves to be a part of the cornerstone, has somebody in their life or some people in their life who they are learning how to follow Jesus from, and they have people in their life who are learning how to follow Jesus from them. That's what I think it looks like here. So my question is, who you got in your life who you're learning how to follow Jesus from, and who, in your, who you have in your life who's learning how to follow Jesus from you? Not just a, a podcast. Not just live stream people watching this on Thursday night. Who do you know who you are modeling your following of Jesus after? And who's modeling their lives after you? That's what I think the pattern of following the apostles' teaching is for us here at the Cornerstone. Okay? Secondly, you guys see, they were, they were devoted to the apostles' teaching, and they were devoted to, next one, fellowship. You guys see that? In verse 42. Wow, it suddenly got loud. Don't know why. Ghost in the machine. Okay, they're devoted to fellowship. What would it take? What, 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 how do we take that idea of being devoted to fellowship and, uh, and apply it to the people here at the Cornerstone? Okay, here's what I want you guys to do. We're almost out of time. Um, just look, look around the room. Look at these people. It's awkward, I know. It's awkward to be in fellowship. Okay, look at them. Look at them. I'm not going to make you say anything. Just look at these people. Okay? Okay, here's a some of you guys won't do it. It's like, I'm not doing it. I'm not looking at anybody. I'm not looking. I'm not looking at anybody. Matt? Okay. Okay. Okay, here's, here's the deal, guys. I want to ask you guys, how, 
How well do you know these people? How, how, do, how well do you know these people in this room? Do you consider the people in this room part of your family? Do you consider the people in this room are people who you are, do you guys notice the word devoted? Yeah, devoted to apostles teaching, devoted to fellowship. Are you devoted to the people in this room? Because guys, we're not, get, we're not getting there. We're not going to see the results if we, if we don't have that sense of I'm here for the people in this room. And I was so blessed this past week of how many people, so many people fasted and prayed for Timothy. And then Sunday morning after church, it was, it was I believe we had almost this many college students up there in the front of the church praying for Timothy. And I was thinking, this is fellowship. These are people who are willing to sacrifice their time and energy for a brother. And even, even as we get ready to send Sudanshu to um, Sudanshu and Logan, as they're getting ready, that is right there, getting ready to send them to, to Nepal and then to India to open a cornerstone there. There's so many people that are behind that. That's a commitment. That's a commitment to fellowship. And so my question is, you guys devoted to fellowship? You devoted to these people? Okay. And then they were devoted to the apostle teaching. They're devoted to fellowship. They're devoted to the breaking of bread. Now, I said breaking of bread it has to do with ministry, right? But what would, what would it look like if the people at the cornerstone were committed to ministry? Devoted to breaking the bread. Remember, this is this, this serving food. In this case, serving food to people. Guys, uh, what I think, if we're going to do, if we're going to see this kind of thing happen, that means every person in this room is saying, I'm serving somehow. I'll be in the coffee shop. I'll be on Friday burgers. I'll help Sam cl clean the building. I'm here to serve. I'm here to serve. If, if you've never cleaned our toilets here, then it's either because you're a first-timer or you forgot what we were here to do, okay? I mean, we're family. Who cleans the, who cleans the toilet at your house? Nobody. Yeah, don't say it. Okay. Okay. Guys, are you devoted to serving the people here at the Cornerstone? And by serving them, serving, serving so many people who come here. Okay, and then these guys are devoted to prayer. Devoted prayer. What, what would it look like if every person at the cornerstone was devoted to prayer? I want you. I want to give you guys, guys, these four levels of praying, and I want to do this as you in in as you think about time. I want you to think about um, praying hourly. I want you to think about praying daily. I want you to think, think about praying weekly. And I want you to think about praying monthly. Okay? This will be an easy goal for you to shoot for in your relationship with Jesus. Praying hourly. I want to see if you guys. I want to make. I want to ask you to make this your goal. That you don't, that an hour doesn't go by that you haven't communicated with the Holy Spirit. And, and invite other people to say, hey, Steve, how long since you prayed? Okay? We, we don't live the victorious Christian life and see this kind of stuff happen if we're praying last Sunday. The power of the Holy Spirit that is available to us is through us praying hourly. Say, watch it happen. Okay, that's praying hourly. Praying daily, this is what I want to ask you guys to do. That you don't let a day go by where, where you don't pray with somebody. That's practice for marriage if you're planning to be married. If you don't pray with your roommate now, why, why do you think you're going to pray with your wife? And, you're, and you, you got to be praying with people now. There's power when two or three come together in, in Jesus' name, he said. He's there with them in a, in a powerful way, in a way that's, that doesn't just happen when you're alone. So I'm not going to make you raise your hand and embarrass you, but did you, don't raise your hand. Did you pray with somebody today? And if not, will you, will you go, before you go to bed tonight, will you grab one of your roommates and say, hey, I'm, I'm praying with you. Okay, that's, that's daily prayer. 
Our only prayer is you, you committed to praying to have a connection with Jesus every hour, at least. That's a goal. These are goals we're setting. Daily prayer, praying with somebody every day. Weekly prayer, being in a, commu- in a, in a, in a group prayer meeting, like what we got going upstairs. We got uh, pr- prayer happening upstairs all the time, but we got special prayer meetings on Monday morning at 7 a.m., Wednesday at 12, and Friday at 1. Guys, be a part of that. We can't be a part of it here. We got there's a prayer room down in Pantego. There's a Grace House to pray at Grace. There's there, but be in a group prayer meeting. It makes a difference. Okay, we got hourly prayer, daily prayer, weekly prayer. Can you guys guess what monthly prayer is? Here's what I want to ask you guys to do. That once a month you pray for somebody you've never met before. I told I told you about the woman I prayed for. Let me went and prayed for at at Wendy's the other day. We never talked to her before. I grabbed her hand and we prayed for her. We asked God to do something in her life. This morning, I went and stopped and got gas at, a, at some little gas station. A guy named Ramon was there. He talked to me. He said, You're a pr- are you a prophet? I said, I don't, I don't call myself a prophet. But we talked a little bit. I took his hand, and I prayed for him. I never prayed for him before. I've seen him once or twice. Why don't you guys do that? Are you scared? Well, thank you. At least Matthew's not scared. Okay, so, I, I mean, I'm not going ch- to check this off. You don't, have to, you don't have to report to me. I'm asking you to challenge yourself to let's build Jesus' kingdom by you guys implementing these four levels of prayer in your life. You guys got it? Hourly? Hourly with the Lord. Daily with somebody else. Weekly in a group. Monthly with somebody you don't know who you stop and say see at Walmart and and you say, hey, I think you need Jesus. He's touching your life. Would you like me to pray with you? And they never say no. I mean, if they say no, they don't. They don't tell you no. Unless you, you know, look scary like, no, I won't mention the number. <laughs> okay, guys, here's what I want to close with. And I know we're over time, but that was the worship team's fault. Okay. <laughs> we got five minutes left here, guys. Okay. I haven't gone over time in a long time. Guys, here's my question. I started with this. What are you devoted to? What are you devoted to? What are you devoting yourself to? If Dr. Luke was writing a story that included you and your friends, the people you hang out with, and he was writing verse 42, and he devote or she devoted herself to, what would that be? You guys hear what I'm saying? And I know you guys are going to be real easy on yourself. So here's what I want you to do right now. Would you throw that, s- that last slide up there that says, here's what I want you to do. I want you to get, everybody get out your phones right now, okay? If you're a first-time person here, you just get out your phone and pretend you're texting somebody, okay? Okay? Everybody else has to do this. Okay? Here's what I want everybody to do. Everybody get out your, get out your phones. I'm going to pick on you if you don't look like you're texting. Okay. Well, it's your first time. Okay. Here's what I want you to I want you to look around this room. I want you to text somebody in this room asking this question. As you look at my life, what would you say I am devoted to? I'm asking you guys to fix it. This is a real question. This is accountability. How do you do accountability with 85 people in a room? This is how we do it. Text that person right now and say, what would you say based on what you see happen in my life? What do you think I'm devoted to? And when you get that text, answer them truthfully. Because we got people in this, in this room who are more, more devoted to movies and video games than they are to Jesus. More devoted to some things than worship and ministry and all, all this stuff. And guys, we can't do what God's calling us to do in this world if that's where, where, where your devotion is. 
don't have anybody in this room who you really got a phone number for, but tonight's the night that you get in fellowship, okay? <laughs> You're like, I haven't got anybody's phone number in this room, and I've been coming here for three months. Tonight's the night you say, I got to get connected with these people. We got small groups happening every night of the week so that you guys can be a part of accountability. Okay, guys, let's stand up and let's pray. Lord Jesus, I'm not content to hear about the things that you did in other parts of the world. I want to be a part of what you're doing, Lord. And I want these, my friends here, to be a part of it too, that there'd be momentum coming out of a cornerstone that would change the world. And you've given us this building, you've given us this student houses, and you've given us this location so that we could reach this campus and shake this campus and shake the world because of these people in this room. And so, Lord, would you show us what's next? Would you teach us how to worship you and how to serve people and how to tell people and how to live in true fellowship and how to grow in you? We're asking for more Holy Spirit power in our lives, that none of these things would be forced, but they would just be the natural outcome of us knowing you and wanting to know you more. Would you teach us to love you? Change our lives, oh God. And would you bless my friends here that, th that tonight as these people go home, that they hear your voice, that they hear your voice in their heart, that they know what needs to change, what they need to do next, and that they would respond to the call that's on every one of their lives. We commit ourselves to you. In Jesus' name.